Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Let me set the record straight on one thing first is that I am obviously not here to make Kitsy's life easier. <laughs> well, that's the opening. We got it. <laughs> Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Okay. Action stations. Actions. <laughs> God damn it. This is it. This is good. We're killing I, it. I can't even. When Caleb starts, I have to look away because it makes me laugh every time. I, I can't look at the screen when, when the show's opening. Action stations, action stations, <laughs> second edition one throughout the, the web exclusive <laughs> content. Podcast and the 12 colonies. I'm here going rogue as C1 actual Caleb and our exo Kitsy have no idea that we're doing this. Dude. I was going to ask if they knew about this. Not yet, they don't. So this will be a nice and surprise now that I'm for the them. Podcast editor, I could just uh, drop this in at the end of the podcast and not tell anybody. I hope you do, and I hope they find out about this from your RSS feed. <laughs> no, I want to uh, keep my position on the on the Battlestar, so I will let them know. But if you're here, you've likely seen um, somewhere on social media, wherever this gets shared, that uh, we have a very special guest aboard. Um, we have three non-scientist hosts on Second Edition One who spend a lot of time speculating about science and I'm just I'm, I'm certain that we have uh, some science listeners who are screaming at their podcatcher of choice every week when we say some nonsense so with all that said um I have brought my favorite scientist who is not Gaius Baltar <laughs> I'll take second Andrew I have some very existential questions for you like who am I and why am I here <laughs> why don't you tell me so, uh, my name is Daniel, um, Andrea and I are friends, and I am a fan of the podcast, and I am also a professional scientist, and, um, I am not Neil deGrasse Tyson, so sorry to Kitsy, um, but what? I, 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 I do... from everybody else. <laughs> Especially Andrea. I do have, um, degrees in scientific fields. I will also make the disclaimer that I am not an astrophysicist. So I'm only marginally more qualified to talk about these things than you guys are, but, um... I would say it's a pretty wide margin, though, because please remember that I have a degree in things that are fake and made up. So, 
you asked me to go over my credentials really quick. Please. Just just to establish where I'm coming from. So I have a bachelor's in chemical biology from the University of California, Berkeley, and a PhD in the same subject from Harvard. I currently work as a protein chemist at a biotech company. So if all of that sounds like not a physicist, that's correct. However, I did take physics in undergrad and... Um, <laughs> Again, I think I am a giant nerd. (laughs) That is very important. And um, I do believe that I am qualified enough to make a case about the scientific arguments you guys were having in uh, in one of the recent episodes. Yeah. And my guess would be that on Battlestar Galactica, they didn't employ too many Harvard physicists. I think that's probably true. So. I'm what you got, and, and I'm, willing, I'm willing to talk at length about physics, and, you know, if somebody wants to tweet at me, you can't, because I don't Twitter. It's very frustrating. However, if you want to tweet at Condition one please do at setcon1pod, setcondition1pod. I'm our social media manager, and I can never remember what our hand Hey, gr- grape job. <laughs> uh... Setcon, the number one podcast. I got it completely wrong. Great, great, so great. You can reach out to us at Setcon One, the number one podcast on Twitter. Setcon One Pod on Instagram. Caleb always does all of this stuff. Nightshiftradio.com. Oh, if you want to buy our shirts, which are very good, that's nsrad.io because it's rad, but it's like radio. I know that I keep saying this. I'm just, don't, don't, just, I need to show you what's happening right now. Tell me when you can see. We'll fix all of this in post. Basking. Just full on. No. Can you see him? I can see him. He looks like Mufasa. Anyway. So, yeah. So, find us on all the social media because we'll be putting stuff like this up all the time, maybe. Great. Who can never be sure. All right. So, Dr. Danny, where would you like to start? So I wanted to talk about FTL and jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the three of you had a pretty protracted argument about how that works. And um, I actually think you were right about mm-hmm. the physics of how FTL works. And I think Kitsy was wrong. Um, I remember this clear as day and the bell. <laughs> yes, that's right. And so uh, I have a thesis to promote here, which is... Basically that in Battlestar Galactica, I think FTL works more as a sort of hyperspace wrinkle in time kind of situation rather than just going very fast. Um, Which was Kitsy's... Yeah, Kitsy was talking about um, yeah inertial dampeners and how do they not get smooshed into a big puddle. Right. Like as if you were in a car accident... Without seatbelts. Yeah, right. Like if you stop, if you stop very quickly, you know, you get all of the force of the deceleration. So I have three points to make about this. One is about acceleration. One is about relativity, and one is about stopping. Okay, and the destination. Acceleration. Yes. Another word and stopping. Relativity. Yes. Relativity and stopping. So. Let's talk about acceleration first. Um, do you know what acceleration is? Do you know? Do you, could you tell me like what is what is the rigorous definition of, of acceleration? Going real 
faster after you are not going as fast. Yeah. Now, yeah. that was me leaning into being as dumb as I look, but I don't know that I could give you a better definition now that I think Yeah. I mean, that's a, the faster is the key word. So, so acceleration is changing your speed. Something um, over time. Yes, it is. It is change in speed over time. If you want to get fancy, it's the derivative of velocity with respect to time. Um, mm, so, derivative. but but uh, it's calculus. Um, so 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 basically, it's how much your speed or velocity changes over time, and the units of velocity are miles per hour. Close. You could do it in miles per hour per hour. Um, I'm going to be talking in metric, so miles per hour or meters per second, which is just essentially the same idea. How many meters you travel in a second. That's a unit of speed. Acceleration is how much your speed changes over time. So it is meters per second, which is a unit of speed, per second, right? So on the show, they were talking about how the acceleration due to Earth's gravity is 9.8 meters per second per second. I Okay, so this is a real question. Yes. And since this is science chat with Dr. Daniel, this isn't directly related to where this is going, but it is directly related to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Can, can you measure something meters per second per a different unit of time? Yeah, yeah, you could. It's just so, you know... Say I am an object standing above the Earth, and I become in free fall. Every second, my speed will increase by 9.8 meters per second. Every hour, my speed will increase by 3,600 seconds times 9.8 meters per second. So it would just be a bigger number. Okay. You know, just like you could have miles per hour, miles per second. You can have meters per second per hour. You could have meters per second per second. Okay. You seem skeptical, but... I believe you. I'm just trying to decide per second. So if you imagine miles per hour is one thing. Got that. Per hour is another thing. Your, how fast you go from zero to 60 is another measure of, um, of acceleration. Mm-hmm. So, so all of this is to say that you can use acceleration to understand how quickly you're speeding up. Right. So now my... Contention here is that they are not accelerating to greater than faster than the speed of light. They are shortening their path, so the net result is that they've traveled faster than the speed of light, but they are not actually accelerating to over the speed of light. And here's why. You've heard about G-forces, like when you're on a roller coaster or flying a plane. That, that is basically a, another way to describe acceleration in terms of how strong the acceleration is relative to what you get due to Earth's gravity. Go ahead. Um, should I be asking questions as we go, or should I be keeping track on a piece of paper? You can you can go right ahead. Okay, so my first question is, and I'm worried that this puts a little wrinkle in our theory, mm. which is the fact that they call them the FTL drives. Do you think that's just a shorthand? Is that what we're speculating? So here's what I'm speculating. In A Wrinkle in Time, which if, if anyone doesn't know, you, you described very nicely on the podcast as being if you're an ant trying to walk across uh, a length of string, it's much easier to get from one end to the other, much shorter, in fact, to get from one end to the other if you wrinkle or bend the string. If your goal is to get from point A to point B, being the two ends of the string, you bring the two ends of the string closer together, your path is shorter, right? So if you imagine, and I'm not going to speculate on how they're doing this because it's, you know, 
fictional, and we can we can uh, we can assume that like other sci-fi franchises, they've figured out how to deal with this. But but we can assume that what I forget who it was that said this. It might have been Caleb. Um, that they are distorting space time to bring to bring the two points closer together. And so if you shorten the path and travel at a normal speed, the net result could be that you've traveled a distance that if divided by the amount of time that it takes you to travel would be faster than the speed of light. But because you've shortened the path, you can do it normally. Oh. I forget why I, why I started talking about that. Because I ask you why they might call it FTL. Why they might call it FTL, right? Because the net result is is that is as if they had traveled faster than light. But my contention is that they haven't. Gotcha. My other question mm-hmm. is, if, as far as we know at this point, humans in the Battlestarverse did not spend too much time on Earth, if at all, because we're not even sure that it's a real place at this point. Mm-hmm. It's part of the religious mythology for sure. Um, and I've been contending on the podcast that where our crew on the ground is on what they're calling Kobol is in fact Earth. But all that to say, Earth's gravity mm-hmm. is very is a very specific number, right, to Earth? Yes. Well, so would it's not unique force- to Earth necessarily. It is determined by the mass of the Earth. So if you're on, right. if say Caprica has a similar mass to the Earth, then... The acceleration due to gravity would be the same. Would it have to be is similar close enough because they're so big, or would it have to be exactly the same? Um, it would have to be you know pretty close. You could, I mean, it de- it depends how much the same you want to be, right? Basically, the force exerted on an object due to gravity is proportional to the mass of whatever entity is creating the gravity, so in this case, the planet. So, you know, if the planet is 10% more massive, then the acceleration is 10% more. But, you know, you can imagine that it's close enough that they have the same concept of, a, of you know, sort of terrestrial acceleration due to gravity. Um, you know, okay. give or take some percentage, but that is pretty close. You know, we see no indication that they're um, being crushed to death under the weight of their own hair, like in that Futurama episode. So I think we can assume. <laughs> Good point. Thank you. So anyway, so I was, so I was talking about G forces, right? And and you know from in fact they discussed this on the show with the Viper pilots that there's a certain amount of G force or acceleration relative to we're just going to call it Earth's gravity for the sake of brevity that a human body can take without essentially being crushed. And this is this is one of the things that Kitsy was referring to in terms of why don't they just you know, get crushed into a meat puddle, um, upon arriving, um, which would be, which would be, you know, pretty consistent for this show. All about meat puddles. Love. Love meat puddles. Can't get enough of it. So this is the, the first bit of math that we're going to talk about. And you're, you're just, you're going to have to trust me. Uh, I think it's, um, I think we can get through it together. Okay. So I Googled what is the most G forces a human body can take. And it said, essentially, uh, like, 9G is what you can do. And so, uh, can I share my screen for a minute? If Do I have to change? Let me see. I'm just going to do it. And, yeah, you do have to allow me to share screen. Okay. Uh, you're good. Or you should be, anyway. 
Yes, I am. So we're going to share my Chrome here. Um, so I was just looking at what speed of light is in miles per hour. Um, so uh, I know it as um, 300 million meters per second. Oh, boy. Speed of light. Yeah, 300 million meters per second. I also hope that you cut out whatever my suggested Google searches are because I bet they're embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't see what they were, but I bet they're embarrassing. Eh, that's, yeah, anyway. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to type nine times acceleration. Uh, Google can do this, which is very good. Acceleration due to gravity to get what that acceleration is. And now that's going to be in meters per second per second. Per second. So what we're going to do is we're going to divide speed of, oh, I goofed. We're going to divide speed of light divided by that amount of acceleration. And what this is going to tell us is how long it takes to reach the speed of light based on assuming that we are accelerating as quickly as the human body could tolerate for even a few seconds, to be generous with it. Okay? Isn't it nine... Go ahead. So it's, it's... I think is what Papadama told... Um, yeah, when with Starbuck, when she was doing the leg press, so you're going to experience something like 9Gs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one of the things that made me think about doing this. So if we figure out what that is... Ah, beans. Um, we're cutting this out uh, because uh, this is not good Good radio. I uh, love this radio. I'm, I'm going to go to Wolfram Ram Alpha. Heart, like on Angel. Um, so we're going to do nine I forgot about Wolfram Alpha. Yeah, times, this is good. Uh, We're going to do speed of light divided by... Nine times acceleration due to gravity. And so what we get is if you assume that we're accelerating as fast as the human body can tolerate, it takes 39 goddamn days to get going that fast. So so that's not happening. That is not happening. They're not waiting a month to jump out of a battle. Right. So that is my first point i feel great right to now. say i don't believe that these guys are accelerating to the speed of light how how could they be hmm. and 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 you can't so this is just based on just just before so to save you guys reading the tweets this is based on <laughs> New- newtonian mechanics and um relativistically it takes an infinite amount of time to um to accelerate to the speed of light and um it is not something that is within the realm of physics as we understand it, which is what we're here to talk about. But I think we can use physics as we understand it to talk about how they are not doing this. So acceleration says that you would be spooling up your jump drives for 39 days and seven hours. So to me, that is sufficient evidence to say that they are not accelerating too faster than light speed. I agree. So setting that aside... The second point that I was going to talk about, which I will admit is brushing up against the the boundaries of my understanding of physics, is I want to talk about special relativity. Does that mean anything to you? What does that What does that term mean to you? It's okay if the answer is nothing. I'm trying to decide. Do you know who discovered or developed the theory yeah, of relativity? Einstein. Einstein but is I right. Thank you. So general relativity is well beyond my capabilities, but I can tell you about special relativity and the 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 general underlying assumption of the theory of relativity and again don't ask me 
where this comes from because uh, I am not a, a theoretical physicist, but I can tell you that one of the um, yes from God, one of the principles from of the relative from the gods. Um, you almost caught me there. Uh huh. One of the one of the principles of relativity is that the speed of light is the same from all reference frames. So here's how to think about that. This is how it was explained to me in undergrad. Imagine you're in a train car that's you can't see out of. Um, this is a thought experiment, so don't don't try don't please please don't um, you know for better lack of a better word uh, derail me on the practicalities because Ayo! we're gonna be here all day. We got that out of our system. <laughs> um, I don't want to do one more, but it's okay. I'm ready. Just okay. just do one more. It's no, I'm good. I'm in the train car. You're in the train car, and you are bouncing a ball up and down from your hand. Okay. So if the train car is sitting still, you're just bouncing it up and down, it's traveling in a straight line. And if I am standing outside of the train car and I can see in, I see it moving up and down, right? Yes. Now imagine the train car is moving. From your perspective, the ball is just bouncing up and down. It doesn't really matter if the train is moving or not. Right, because I'm also moving in the train. Because you're moving at the same speed. But to like us on Earth, right? Exactly, because Earth is also moving, and you know this is. And again, this is one of the things that that I think Kitsy touched on is, um, you know, a lot of this depends on your reference frame. So now, if I'm watching you from outside, I would see instead of traveling in a straight line, I would see the ball traveling kind of diagonally as the train moves under the ball. Because between the time when you drop the ball and when the ball hits the floor, the train car is moved. So not, um, this is, I'm not being willfully obtuse here, I promise. When you say if you are watching, you don't mean like you on a platform as the train goes by. Yeah, no, I do. If I'm, if I am stationary and I'm watching you go by, this is assuming a lot about what I can see and discern and so on. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Because, because. Some, a disclaimer I should make here is that I have terrible spatial awareness and not in like a, like a, I'm just bad at following maps but like in a way that i think is is really going to be a hindrance for the thing i've asked you to do today now that i think about well well come well come with me map quest <laughs> that's me so one way that you can think of it is that from my perspective you and the train and the ball are all moving forward at 60 I miles an hour or whatever that. or whatever and so you and i see different things yes. in terms of what the, where the ball is going right now the same goes if you were pointing a laser beam at the floor because light takes, it travels very fast, but it takes a certain amount of time to travel a given distance, right? The kicker is that because the speed of light is the same in both of our reference frames, which is not the case with the ball, you know, for me, the ball is traveling 60 miles an hour forward in addition to you you throwing it at the floor. Right. So the net effect is that you see the light, you know, traveling a certain path, going a certain speed, taking a certain amount of time. I see it traveling at the same speed, but a longer path. And thus, you know, speed is distance over time. This is where time dilation comes from. Mm-hmm. So in order for the speed to be the same, for, for me, it has to take a different amount of time. Okay? Right. Yes. Does that sort of make sense? 
Yeah, it does. It does. So. And time so, dilation is why if I go to outer space and you're my twin. You'll come back and I'll be old. And you'll be the same age. Uh, yes. Uh, that I'm into. Okay. Yeah. Or like an interstellar where they were going down to the black hole or whatever it was. Right. So, so, so this is something that is based on real physics as we know it. So now if you can imagine, in addition to it taking a very long time to spool up those FTL drives, if we were actually accelerating to faster than light speed, and, and by the way, a lot of things in physics break if you go faster than light speed, but there isn't necessarily a reason, at least as far as I understand it, why time dilation doesn't work if you're going faster than light speed. So time dilation could still happen if you're going faster than light speed. And so in addition to taking a very long time to accelerate to faster than light speed, we would also have the issue of as soon as we arrived at wherever we're going, a bunch of time would have passed in the reference frame of space, in the reference frame of anyone who wasn't jumping at the same time. So you know how they all, they all, all the ships in the fleet kind of blink out of existence at various times? Those would be separated by a much longer time upon arrival. Like, so like, um, my girlfriend, what's her name, Starbuck, just hop into Caprica real quick to pick up uh, Apollo's arrow. Everyone else would be dead, maybe. But also... Or at least old. Or at least old, but if they're jumping at the same time, because that's one of the issues, is they have to, in the end of season one or the beginning of season Mm -hmm. two, I forget, this isn't a spoiler for our listeners because they can't be... I'm not ahead of them in any mm-hmm. significant way at this point. They ha- they end up leaving. Wait. Oh, my God. So Starbucks on Caprica. Mm-hmm. And a handful of people are on Cobol, which I still maintain is probably mm-hmm. Earth. And then there's the crew or the fleet. Mm-hmm. And they were all in the general same area. And then Starbucks went to Caprica. And the fleet has since jumped as well. So couldn't. Like, they could also be... I, th- I think that makes the time Starbuck dilation also- greater if they're right? jumping differently. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, don't quote me on that, but that is, that is my impression based on spatial no- relativity. And so, but, yeah, I don't but you, you know from things like, for oh. example, um, the 38 seconds we get each episode of, um, like, Hilo on Caprica, that all of their timelines are exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, because when the fleet, when the Vipers or Raptors, I still don't remember which is Nobody which. Nobody does. When they come in to pick up the folks on Kobol, mm-hmm. they show up at the same time. Yeah. Well, I wonder what this says for those ruins and stuff, though. Hmm. You're raising as many questions as you're answering here, Dr. Daniel. So basically what we've established here is that classical Newtonian physics and as far as I understand it, special relativity demonstrate that these guys are not accelerating to faster than light speeds. QED, my dude. My third point is about arrival. Hold on, I'm still laughing at myself, and I want to write that. What was I saying? Why did I get my notebook out? Uh, the ruins. Ruins. The ruins. If you, I'm about to write, what about the ruins? That's not going to help me. <laughs> what about the ruins? What were we just? Um, time dilation. Oh, Christ. Time dilation. Time. They're, the ruins are very old. What if time dilation did that? Yeah, what if? I love that. Thank you. Okay. And I'm just not discussing the lore of the show because I'm ahead of you in the show. So, you know, no comment. Answer me this, though. That opera house is Stonehenge. (laughs) 
Right? Like, uh, you can tell everybody that part. It's Stonehenge's. I'm not that kind of a scientist. Um, and, and while I am <laughs> stepping outside my lane as a scientist, um, it is within... I, I am clarifying when I don't know things. I'm not being one of those movie scientists that can perform surgery and make a particle accelerator. Or what Neil deGrasse Tyson imagines himself to be. Or or do self, self-righteous science tweets about how the BB-8 robot couldn't roll on sand when it actually very much factually did roll on sand. I always forget about that particular one, and it just brings me joy. It's such a... It, br- mm, it brings, it brings so me good. joy, too, because science as a field doesn't exist so that you can feel superior to people who don't know it. And our duty as scientists is to educate society about science. And if you're just... Anyway, no, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, Michio Kaku. uh, This is for you. You've forgotten your duty as scientists. And this is a reason why I brought you on and neither of them. You know, when I was voting through who to have on the show. There you go. See? So the third thing that I wanted to talk about um, in terms of physics is what happens when they arrive. Um, And you you said that they... they, they jumped kind of into atmosphere on Lobach slash Cobalt slash Earth. Is that right? Is that is that a thing that happens in that episode? It was when Lee and the gang go to rescue Baltarn. Everybody, right, 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 right. Okay. Um, and we don't see it from their point of view. We hear it. Right, but y- you basically yeah. see them like materialize out of thin air, like in like visible range, right? I think so. Oh, I don't want to miss... Okay, so this is not a spoiler. It's a generality, but that happens at some point in the show. Right, okay. Um, that they they jump into the atmosphere. I'm sure that I've seen that. Somewhere. In fact, you know what? Um, I think that happens when they discover Cobol. I think they yes. they accidentally jump into the gravity well and yep. this is this is a technically a spoiler for something that is not consequential to the plot in any way. Um, but there is a scene at some point in the show where they do that and somebody jumps into the middle of a solid object. Oh, sick. Um, and again, this is completely inconsequential for the plot. I think it's okay. My whatever is that I know that you are invested in not spoiling anything for me. And so I think... Our listeners and Kitsy and Caleb can be confident that anything you say is not going to be a spoiler. And I think you you can you can cut this out or you can put a timestamp if um, if if uh, Kitsy and Caleb feel that that is important. I I think I know you and I know that I've seen the show and I know that that's not going to be something that's important to you. That's really cool though. That's something I think about a lot with like um, time travel and teleportation. And and they say like oh we could jump in the middle of a planet or a sun right. Mm-hmm. Um, a star, rather, yeah. is what they're called. I'm a scientist. A sun. Any a old sun. sun. So there's a possibility of jumping into the middle of a solid body. That would be bad. If you're going very fast, what you see when you decelerate in the middle of a solid body is this solid body looks like it's got hit by a plane-sized bullet, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that doesn't happen here. They just kind of, like, are gone. They, like, get... <laughs> They're just gone, is all I'll say. Hmm. And there's not a huge explosion. There's not a release of the infinite amount of energy that you need to be traveling at light speed. So that tells me that it's sort of instantaneous travel from place to place through the distortion of space. 
Right, 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 right. That's that's my contention. So that is my three point argument. What other, what other possibilities are there for that? It's teleportation of some kind, it seems. So yeah, that's that's my scientific argument um, as to why I think you were right that bringing back full circle that there's some kind of space distortion that allows them to more or less instantaneously travel from place to place rather than them actually accelerating to faster than the speed of light. Well, and I think that that's not even being particularly like uh, nitpicky or overly sciencey to to think that because I know sometimes what I will get caught up in when we're debating, or I guess the opposite of caught up in the thing that makes me want to let it go is that like. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. So, for example, in the most recent episode that we recorded, which was season two, episode two, Valley of Darkness, we run into some centurions and Caleb or Kitsy raises the point, and it's a good point, that sometimes the centurions are really easy to kill, right? So um, Hilo's been running mm-hmm. around killing them left and right on Caprica, yet the ones that make their way onto Galactica... They have to have special explosives and um, direct shot to the head is like the only thing that'll kill them. Well, there's uh, an easy you know, explanation s- for that, and it's plot armor. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so Kissy and Caleb went back and forth a little bit about whether or not it's possible that there's just different models that were not privy to there being different models. And then I argued that like they probably we would know that if that were the case, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is to say, I don't often find it productive to get really nitpicky about things that don't really matter. But I think in this case, that's not a nitpicky thing. That's pretty, like, I understood that. And All right. Does that uh, make Yeah, you yeah, know? no. You know I, I mean? I'm just scared now that somebody who knows more about physics than me is going to, you know, tell me why I'm wrong about this. But from my, under- just a from, <laughs> from my understanding of undergraduate physics, that is, um, that is it. It seems to me... If somebody were, and I'm not trying to block anybody from uh, responding, because I would be interested to know if there were their explanations, but it seems to me that if somebody has more science of this particular type in their brain to be able to explain away why your explanation does or doesn't make sense, I forget where that sentence started, but you'd be getting into the realm of, like, there's no way people on the show considered this. Like, right. That is outside the realm that it, anybody could reasonably... More, more generally, I think that one of the things you have to accept with science fiction is that, you know, this is a civilization that's been spacefaring for thousands of years, and they know things that we don't. And so it gives you a lot of wiggle room to explain things like this, like, you know... We know they're not accelerating. I don't know how they're distorting space to, you know, do a wrinkle in time kind of shit. But um, it's clear what they're not doing. And then, you know, beyond that, it's just they know something that we don't. Right. Because we, in terms of timeline, and my guess is that you might have a better idea of what it actually looks like. Um, So don't. um, So I would just say we'll we'll think carefully about how we talk Mm -hmm. about this, but. From my understanding, unless I'm misremembering, they've been spacefaring for 2,000 years, I believe, that 2,000 years ago, the scripture says they left Earth. Right. I don't know if I know any more details than that, but um, 
at the very least, they're spacefaring in a way that we cannot possibly imagine in our society. Yeah, if you think about where we were on Earth, 2000. If you think about where we are now compared to where they are, like, we don't, we have no ability to even imagine that kind of technology. Right. Huh. That's fascinating. I, I, I am glad we could talk about this and that I managed to not get too far in the weeds. I will say I'm coming on this show to be, to be a little bit pedantic. But I I have very much enjoyed hearing you guys talk about these science things. And, like, sometimes I'll message Andrea to be like, you know, I think Kitsy's wrong about how FTL works. But many times I've said, yeah, I think you guys basically got it right. And it's science fiction and I can suspend my disbelief. And, you know, I'm not here to tweet at you about how BB-8 couldn't roll on sand. I'm here to... Enjoy uh, <laughs> a really engrossing sci-fi show and a fun podcast so with uh, people having fun conversations about the show. Oh, well, thank you for such a reasoned and kind um, and not pedantic at all, in fact. Yeah, I agree to disagree. Um, Actually, here's why I think it is pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, it's quite possible if um, I may employ your services again from time to time if issues like this come up. But maybe we'll have you on a podcast proper um, during yeah. some uh, season I would, break. I would love to. You can feel free to consult me. I certainly will. Daniel, while I've got you, is there anything you want to plug? No. <laughs> science? Um, listen to scientists. Believe science. Eat your vegetables. Get your vaccines. Wear a mask. Yeah, Nobody has made it this far that isn't doing any of those things. Nobody has listened to me talk about physics for an hour that isn't doing those things. Right. That's probably true. I think all of our listeners eat their vegetables, get vaccinated, and wear masks. Yeah, so uh, this was fun and illuminating, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, um, universe-saving occupation. What? No one's quite sure. Um, words. But I think with that, we're going to... What is it you people say? Oh, I don't, my brain is already is always soup by the end of the episode, so I don't know. We say, uh, we say it's time to spool up those ah, FTLs. We be, have a greater understanding uh, of now. A little, uh, what would be a more accurate way, if we're correct about your speculation, and I've lumped myself in, uh, I don't what know. might they say? Time to bend um, up those space uh, things. Let's wrinkle that time. It's wrinkling time. Wrinkling time. No, it's it's time. Think about it. Wrinkling time. Hmm? Follow the money. Checkmate Hmm? atheists. We're done. I'm gonna stop recording. No wait, I have to. I I, no, I need to say the things for my show. Say the things. This seems halfway professional. I've already said them once, but I am gonna say them again because I think I said them all wrong. So find us on Twitter. Um, Let us know if you would like. Daniel and I to talk to you more about other vaguely science fiction type products hmm. and content. That's an interesting idea. Um, I'll bring. Hmm. Hmm. So find us at setcon one, the number one podcast um, on Twitter and nightshiftradio.com for all our shows and for some. Oh, we have a blog over there that we don't talk about too much on the podcast, but there's some cool stuff over there. Um, so you should check out the blog. You should buy our merch, nsrad.io slash merch. Um, if you buy a dog hoodie, put it on your dog, take a picture and tag us in it. I will, I mean, I'll retweet it, but also um, 
I don't know if I can say that I will pay you $5 or if that'll send me to jail. Is that some kind of business? I'm not a business scientist. Let's not risk it. Just I'll do something real nice. I just send and you'll cry of your probably. Dogs and oh, I for sure will cry a hundred percent. Oh, and if um, I don't know five or ten of you ask to see Pacey, my perfect dog in a tarantula oh, please, costume, please everybody, everybody, tweet at Andrea. Um, tweet at Secon One Podcast. Please, what is it? Sec- you got it. Secon One Podcast. Is, you got it faster is, than I did. Is that it? I don't actually know. That's exactly, that is what it is. I'm reacting to my own inability to remember the thing. Hell yeah. I'm the president um, now. No, that's why you're a scientist and my degree is in words, because you mm. remember Twitter handles. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, say we science. So science so we science all. So science we all. Look, this is what people say we wave like now. It's true. I, I wave like this, like two bears. <laughs> I love bears. Here's a science question. Okay. Bears are good? Um, science is not about assigning value judgments uh, to, uh, to living organisms, so. Bears are soft? Uh, for me to touch. You know, I haven't, I haven't read the lid on our bear soft. I can't, I can't, I can't. Bears want me to I cannot comment as a scientist on that. If I put my arms around a bear and I put my face in their fur, most of my face will get buried in their fur. Probably. True or false? Probably. Answer answer the question. Um, And then, and then most of your face will be buried in the ground because they're going to murder you. I don't think so. No, no one's quite sure. I think we're um, bonded in soul. I really like knowing that whatever we say here, I can put up for the rest of eternity. This will get cut, but like in theory, it doesn't have to. Oh, I thought long and hard about it. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. But we'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.